Distraction is back. We're back. With another special edition throwback cinema, Adam. Throwback cinema. This throwback cinema, we've been talking about it for like the past three weeks. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. We're finally doing it. It's here. It's here, folks. We're doing this throwback cinema. You can stop holding your breath. (laughs) But I have a confession to make, Adam. What? Now, see, when we do these throwback cinemas, we pick great classic films that everybody's seen, everybody should have seen, that you and I have seen hundreds of times. They might not all be great either. We rewatch them. Yes. We rewatch them They're the week of the movies we've seen. Yes, we've seen them, but we rewatch them to refresh our memory in some of the iconic parts or not so lackluster scenes to uh remind ourselves. I did not rewatch this film this week. I just I just things happened and I was too busy, but I will say I've seen this movie hundreds of times. So I'm trusting in myself and my memory. To be able to have a quality discussion with you about it. You heathen. Did you rewatch it? Yes, I did. I watched it last night before we recorded this. Well, you follow directions well. I apparently don't. And speaking of following directions... Uncultured swine? Yes, sir. We're finally doing this show. We've been talking about doing it for weeks. So for those of you who are like, well, this is the first time I'm ever listening. I didn't listen to the last three weeks. What show were they talking about? We're doing... Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. The from, first film. From 1981. Adam, do you remember when we did our top ten films of all time? I do remember, Scott. What was your number one? You ask me a, a question I don't know. Um, Come on. I really can't remember. What's your favorite movie of all time? I can't remember. <sighs> I honestly... I'm... I'm I'm flabbergasted. I gotta go back in my notes real quick. Shit. I, I seriously can't remember. Shit. Why didn't you say it? <laughs> wait. All right, wait a minute. So I've got this thick ass fucking notebook right yes. here, and I flip to a random page. Top ten movies. What's your number one, Adam? Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Really? 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 Yeah, that made my number one. It's there. Fascinating. It's there, right there. Fascinating. My number one is this movie. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. <coughs> so we love Indiana Jones. He's our favorite. Indiana fucking Jones is one of the greatest characters to ever be thought of. He's a pop culture icon. And here's a fun fact for you. I don't know if you know this. When this movie was first released in 1980-1981, the title of the movie was called Raiders of the Lost Ark. That was that it. Was it. Yeah. That was it. It was not called Indiana Jones and the... The Indiana Jones and the part was added much later after the sequel films and prequel films were released. This movie was known as Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I had heard a story that uh, Lucas and Spielberg had been, you know, years after The Last Crusade. We're talking into the 2000s. They discussed, they were having a drink one time, hanging out, and they were discussing, one of them, I don't know which one said it to the other one, said, did you ever think about making another Raiders film? To this day, they refer to, they don't refer to them as the Indiana Jones movies, like, like most of the yeah. country does. They refer to them as the Raiders films. 
because the that's weird. It's weird to me, but yeah. n- and they're the ones who created it. So, the Raiders films or the Indiana Jones films, as we know and love them, we're going to be talking about Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is a not just a cult classic movie, but just a classic movie in general. <laughs> it stars Harrison Ford as the classic, suave, sophisticated, and intelligent Indiana Jones, an archaeologist, who is also, you could say, a Tomb Raider, to a certain extent. Like the video game? Kind of like the video the game. The movie with Angelina Jolie? Yeah. And I her mean, giant breasts? I mean, I would say less shooting, but there's a lot of shooting that goes on in this movie as well. There is. So, it's... It's it it's the movie that made a lot of people that that are archaeologists today become archaeologists. It's like they like I guarantee a lot of people that became an archaeologist saw this movie as like I want to do that. I want to be that. I want to be that when I grow up. They didn't, but they're archaeologists. Fun story along those lines. Back when I was in college, I took an anthropology class. You know what? I took an anthropology class, too. It was one of my favorite classes I ever took. Mine, too. Yes. It really was. Yes. My professor did archaeology, paleontology, and anthropology. And he reminded me so much of Indiana Jones. He was so freaking pimp. First day of class comes in. He goes, now I want you guys to be honest with me. Show of hands. How many of you guys are fans of the Indiana Jones films? And everybody raised their hand. He goes, I want you guys all to know that this field is nothing like those movies. Yeah. If you're here to fight Nazis and sweep women off their feet and find lost idols, he's like, you're not going to do it here. You're going to read. You're going to read and you're going to read some more. He's like, all it is about is reading. But he was like the coolest guy ever. Yeah. He uh, really, really freaking cool. The professor but. I had for my introduction to anthropology, she was really fucking cool, too. She was a fun teacher. <clears throat> she made it seem really... She made history and all these ancient civilizations seem really interesting. So much so that it took a second anthropology class the next semester... Biggest mistake of my life because the teacher there was the most boring, monotone individual in the entire world. Didn't make it interesting at all. So that I'm was sorry. Horrible. I'm sorry that you had a terrible. bad experience. I still love anthropology though because of the first teacher I had. Okay, so I'm gonna. I got the DVD. Of course, this is one that I own because this is my favorite movie of all time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read the little description on the back here, if if you allow me. How about it? Get ready for edge of your seat thrills in Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indy Harrison Ford and his feisty ex flame Marion Ravenwood, played by Karen Allen, a fox by the way, dodge booby traps fight Nazis and stare down snakes and their incredible worldwide quest for the mystical Ark of the Covenant. Experience one exciting cliffhanger after another when you discover adventure with the one and only Dr. Indiana Jones. Now, As we do on Throwback Cinema, I'm going to read the IMDb description. Okay. Once again, a one-sentence uh, description. 
Archaeologist and adventurer Indiana Jones is hired by the U.S. government to find the Ark of the Covenant, or the Ark of the Covenant, before the Nazis. That's it. Short and sweet to the point. To the point. Yes, it is. Now, I know I say this a lot, but this is my favorite film of all time. And I mean it, Adam. This movie has it all. It's got action. <coughs> it's got adventure. It's got excitement. It's got romance. It, it's, it, it, to me, is the perfect film. Dare I say, the perfect film. The perfect film. It, the perfect <laughs> film is this. It's almost the perfect film to me. Almost. Okay. So, it starts out with arguably the most iconic beginning of a film of all time. When they go to the cavern in the jungle to find the golden idol. And it's just, there's so much nonstop action right away. You're immersed in this from the beginning. Like, they throw you right into the fire is yeah, what I'm trying to say. They they show you the way archaeology is supposed to be, not how it really is. Where you're traveling through a jungle, you've got a suave, sophisticated hat that you're rolling with. You get, they, you get the shot of the iconic whip on his hip. The very first time you see that whip that sticks with him all the way throughout every single he's about movie. to be he's about to be shot in the back yes by a a, a, a traitor some or... dude that's working for a uh, rival archaeologist Belloc. Belloc. and you see him whip the gun right out of the hand and then that's when he's in the shadows yeah and Harrison Ford steps into the light and that's the first look you get of Dr. Indiana Jones. And it's Spielberg gives you shades of, of Jaws when more than half the movie goes and you don't see the shark. You can't do that with this film. No. But the movie starts and it's not like there's the main character on the screen, first shot you see. There's some music playing, there's some suspense leading up to it. And then within the first couple minutes, this action happens and there he is. Now, I will say. With the opening scene, like we said, this is an, this came out in '81, so it's an early '80s film. So you can have as many criticisms of this movie as you can. It still doesn't change the fact it's a classic. I have a little bit of a criticism with that scene because let's all be honest: by the time Indy whipped his hand up to whip the gun out of the dude's hand, he could have shot at least three bullets off into Indy's body. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What the scene goes, he pulls a gun out. He sh- points at his back. He pulls back the uh, cocks the hammer. He cocks the hammer. Indy hears it. You said and he's, cock. <laughs> he cocks the hammer, and Indy hears it, and he looks around, and he hurries up, and he pulls his whip out. He reaches back with his arm and whips uh, the whip at him to pull the gun from his hand. By that point, he already had the hammer cocked. With Indy with his back turned, he could have pulled at least two shots off. At least two shots. Have off. you ever killed a man, Adam? Have, no, you, ever have, you, have you ever killed a man? Have you ever killed a man? I've Scott? not. I've not. I've never murdered a man in cold blood while shooting him in the back. That's that's <laughs> such a cowardice thing to do. I imagine that person maybe had reservations. He was being paid a ton of money by Balak. Belloc? Belloc? He's French. Belloc. Belloc. I think it's Belloc. To to kill Dr. Jones, 
you see his hand shake a little bit. Maybe maybe he's terrified. Maybe he doesn't want to do this. He's got family. He's got kids at home. He, you know, he wants to do what's best for them, but he knows he knows in the back of his head this is wrong. And that split second, just just enough doubt in his mind, left the door open for Doctor Jones to whip the fuck out of that dude's head. Listen, hand. I'm just speculating. No, I don't you, know. <clears throat> all fairness and speculation. Yes, uh, there was definitely a door open for him to whip the thing out, but he it wasn't as simple as he had to whip the thing out. He had to pivot 180, pull the gun from its uh, little, its wherever it was held on his hip, uncoil it, pull his arm back. The whip, you mean, not the gun. Yes, uncoiled, okay. uncoil the whip, pull it back because you can't just eh, eh, eh with a whip. You got to pull it back and then toss it like it's something for it to actually whip. In that entire span of seconds, we're talking about. He he could have pulled the trigger. He could have. He absolutely could have pulled the trigger. And absolutely could have. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying there are variables that I don't think that scene's a deal breaker. I think no, it's not a deal breaker at all. But I I I have to put out some flaws. I got to put out some flaws for it, you know. And that and that is a minor, minor, minor flaw in it. But it does show you what kind of a badass that Indiana Jones is. That he can disarm this man. This man has a gun, and he can disarm him with his fucking whip. Uh, now, before this movie, has anybody ever thought, I can use a whip as a weapon? I want to take a fucking whip. I remember when I first saw this movie, I would take my dog's leash, and I would hold the metal part, and I would go, yeah, yeah, and I would just wave it around like a freaking whip, because I want to be Indiana Jones. I caught my nephew one time. We were on vacation. We were staying in the same condo at the beach. At the time, he might have been seven years old. He was He was a young kid, and I walked around the corner to see him standing on his parents' bed by himself, holding his dad's belt. His back was to the door, so he didn't see me watching him. He's whipping the belt in the air like a whip while he's going, dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun. And I giggled. He turned around. He was so embarrassed that I caught him in the act. I said, can I go next? Because that was just about the most amazing thing I've ever seen. It, it, this is this is a film that's beloved by all generations. Yeah, it is. All generations. Moving on to the next scene, they go into the cave, Adam. <clears throat> and it, and it's it's Harrison Ford playing Indiana Jones, and he's accompanied by by a companion, played by Mr. Alfred Molina, who you may remember as playing. Dr. Otto Octavius from yes. uh, Spider-Man 2 the, of the Tobey Maguire-verse. And he had a very small role in this thing. A very important role, but a small one. At, at He's also end. in uh, Da Vinci Code. He was like, really? the, the, yeah, he was the bad priest. That's right, yeah, yeah. He was, he was the bad priest. But this is an early film, and he had such a small role, and he's become a well-known actor. Yeah. Just... Very cool, very cool scene, and, and you, you know he's up to no yeah. good. You know he's sketchy, but the booby traps, Adam. Tell us about the booby traps. The booby traps, it has cemented what booby traps are, I think, in any film history. If you ever see any type of booby trap in any video game or movie or TV show, a lot of it has to come from the idea from Indiana Jones because they've got everything. they got the spikes that come out of the walls if you step on the wrong 
uh, footing. They got the floor that collapses beneath you, and there's a spike pit on the floor for you to get impaled on. They've got the darts that fly out of the mouths on the carvings on the wall. It's got everything. And, of course, Indiana Jones is keen to all this stuff. He's, he's, a, he's a detective to a certain extent. He's, he's looking at everything. He's mastering everything. His assistant is just... Just barreling through there like nothing's going on, and Indy has to Indy has to save him every time he fucking steps on some wrong bullshit. Yep, saves his life a couple of times. Yeah. through that. <clears throat> and here we come to the iconic scene with the Golden Idol. Indiana, the Golden Idol. Indiana Jones reaches the end of his the end of his beginning of his journey, I guess you could say, the end of his first quest that you ever see him on, and there's the Golden Idol there. So something telling me that this golden idol is probably booby trapped. I would imagine. What can sir? he do to avoid this? In the genius that is Indiana Jones, which ends up not working out in his favor, but he takes a sandbag and he decides he's going to swap out real quick. So he's eyeballing the golden idol. Yes. He can't pick up the golden idol and he knows his, it. He knows it's booby trapped. He knows his, he doesn't but he's got a feeling. He's got a feeling as booby trap. So he wants to swap it out. He knows that it's got to be this it's got to be weight difference, okay? If if the weight changes at all, the trap's going to spring and he's got to move. So you see him eyeing the idol. He's holding the bag of sand, and then you see him untie the bag of sand and dump some out to try to, you know, weigh it just using his eyes. And here comes the most tense scene that you have. Okay? The close-up on Indiana Jones. You can see the sweat on his face. And he, as quickly as you can, swaps the golden idol for the sandbag. And for a split second, you think he got away with it. It looks like it worked at yeah, first. Yeah, it, it looks like it worked. And then all of a sudden, you hear the rumbling. And probably one of the most iconic scenes... In all of cinema. In all of cinema happens, the boulder scene. He has to escape with his life as a boulder chases him down the tunnel. Mind you, his assistant is already dead. He runs away, and he gets hit by one of those spike traps that just shoot out from the wall or whatever. So it's Indiana Jones by himself, running through the tunnel, avoiding the traps, running past the darts, jumping out of the tunnel, covered in cobwebs, just the thickest cobwebs I've ever seen in my life, from this boulder. And who does he meet, Scott? This is when we're first introduced to Belloc, the antagonist of the film, who is a French archaeologist and adventurer just like indiana jones his rival but he's the villain and he's also accompanied by a tribe of natives yes who are armed with blow dart guns and bows and arrows who tip with poison they have the drop they have the drop on indy needless to say indiana jones has to give up the idol because he's got no way of getting out of there alive you see, Dr. Jones, there is nothing that you can possess that I cannot take away. <laughs> what a bastard. So, Belloc takes the idol from Dr. Jones, and in a quick moment, he's able to make a break for it. He runs off. Yeah. And then you see the... <laughs> he gives the signal for the natives to kill him. Yeah. Indiana Jones is running. He's hightailing it. He's hauling ass trying to get back to the river. We were introduced to another great character who has such a small, albeit insignificant role, but he has become a fan 
favorite, Adam. He is. And we're talking about the pilot, Jock Lindy. <laughs> Jock! Start the Jock. plane, Jock! And you see Jock. He's got a uh, float plane. Yeah. A, a pontoon a plane. plane. A seaplane. Seaplane, yes. It's on this river in what I'm guessing to be the Amazon, South America. And he's fishing off of off of his plane. And he's got a big one. Oh, yeah. He's he got does. a big one. But as he's reeling in this big old fish, you see... Indiana Jones running over the hill, being chased by an entire tribe of natives that are shooting arrows and guns. Yeah. Jock! The plane! Start the plane! So he looks at his pole, looks back at Indiana Jones, looks back at his pole, and then throws the whole pole in the water, fish and all, jumps in the plane, and starts the engine. He doesn't just start the engine. He starts going. He starts fucking going. He starts going. Indiana Jones jumps in the river, swings into the river, basically. Swims to the boat and is able to, in the Indiana Jones fashion, get away. Hat still on his head. Like, he almost missed that boat, too. Like, he grabbed the rope at the last second at the back of that boat. Like, he could have missed that plane and he would have been just native food. He'd have been cannibal food is what he would have been. So, he makes it out again. Climbs into the plane. And there's a giant snake in there. Crawling up his leg. He freaks out. He says, Jock! There's a huge snake in here. Jock responds with, Oh, that's just my pet snake, Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> As Indiana Jones says, I hate snakes, Jock. I hate them. Hey, try and show some backbone, would ya? <laughs> Probably the only man on the planet that's afraid of nothing is afraid of these snakes. Yeah. And Jock calls him out on it. And that's the only thing we see of Jock Lindy, who is a great character. Now... As you know, we've talked about it several times with Star Wars reviews. The Walt Disney Corporation now owns Lucasfilm. They own the rights to the Indiana Jones films. And they have... Can they fix the Indiana Jones films after the terrible mess Crystal Skull made? Well, we're going to see. Because they have more films coming out. But here's what I love that they have done. They have, they have two things in their parks. They have at uh, Hollywood Studios in Orlando, Florida, known as the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. And it's really cool. It shows you how some of the stunts were filmed. And they do the iconic boulder scene and, and the spears coming up <laughs> yeah. out of the ground. They show, and it's, it's like you're watching the movie <clears throat> being made. You're in the stands. Watching stunt actors and and filming filming That's this amazing. movie, That's amazing. It, it's such a cool thing. It's one of my favorite things ever. Secondly, if you go to Disney Springs, which is like their mall, their outdoor shopping center, there's a bar there that's called Jock Lindy's The Hangar, and it's really? it's film, it's themed, excuse me, like an old airplane hangar. And it's a bar. You can go in and have a drink, and it's it's named That's after amazing. this very small character that people know and love. That's amazing. Like that. That sounds so cool. And if you go to Disneyland in California, they actually have an Indiana Jones roller coaster, but it's themed after the ride in the Temple of Doom, yeah. the second film where he's on the cart going through. That's the roller coaster ride. But I've never done it, so I can't talk about it. But Disney has done a nice job with their yeah with their Indiana Jones stuff in in the parks. Here's a fun fact about the boulder scene. <clears throat> Originally, Spielberg only meant that scene to be a very 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 short snippet of the movie, 
But whenever the uh, one of the uh, designers uh, showed the size of the boulder and how well it looked, Spielberg was so impressed by this boulder that he extended the scene to 50 feet long. So originally the scene was only meant to be like, you know, something really small, like short snippet of the movie. But he extended it so that Harrison Ford would have to run 50 feet down this <clears throat> down this uh, set to get away from this boulder. Like, that's how impressive. So the most one of the most iconic scenes in the movie or in any cinema history could have been only more than like 10 seconds long. So that, that I thought that was a pretty good uh, <clears throat> little factoid that I found about it i i thought i just read something about it that i thought was really great um back when george lucas released star wars a new hope he was really nervous about how the movie was going to go so he went on vacation he went to hawaii and he was joined by his very good friend steven spielberg they went to film school together they went out to hawaii and you know, once Star Wars is what it is, it became real good, was making money. So they think, all right, fine. I made money. I'm going to let loose. The two of them were hanging out on a beach in Hawaii, drinking and having a good time. But one day, they're sitting out on the beach drinking, making some sandcastles. <laughs> and Spielberg admits to Lucas, I've always wanted to direct a James Bond film. George Lucas says to him, he could have probably done it too, though. Oh, I'm sure he could have. But George Lucas, his friend, tells him, I've got something even better for you. How about an adventurer archaeologist, very James Bond-esque, finds himself in these whimsy adventures. They both loved the idea, spent the rest of the vacation discussing this film and what would happen, and the rest is history. That's how we have this film. Thanks to Star Wars, and thanks to them being drunk on vacation on the beach. I mean, that's where all the great ideas come from, so <laughs> let's be honest. So, so it's great. Um, Harrison Ford, they, they were originally going to cast uh, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges from you know, The Dude. They were going to cast him. That would have been, been an interesting... Not, I don't know if that would have been better, but that would have been interesting. I he think. turned it down. I'm sure he regrets that. Their second choice, Adam Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck and his great mustache. <clears throat> Tom Selleck, he was their one of their second choices. He was actually going to do it, but uh, the show he was doing at the time, Magnum, Magnum PI, yeah. uh, the network ABC, CBS, I think. CBS was it? one of them. It's irrelevant. Whatever the network was, yeah. CBS, you're right. CBS uh, barred him from doing it. Said that he was not allowed to leave the set to go do this other movie for whatever reason. I don't know. They might have been jealous that, you know, there was this great movie that was happening. I don't I don't know. But Tom Selleck was a solid choice until the until the network barred him from doing it. So that's when they moved on to Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford was their third choice because <coughs> he had played Han Solo. Well, if you know anything about Lucas, Lucas doesn't like using or didn't at the time uh, like using his uh, actors twice in other movies. Right. So like since Harrison Ford had already played Han Solo, there's no way he wanted him to play in in another type of his movies. <clears throat> so he did not want him to play Indiana Jones. It was a great pick. It was a great pick. To me, I can't see anybody else being Indiana Jones. I can't either, like honestly. 
he encompasses the adventurer's soul and the <clears throat> the swash, the uh, suave, sophisticated intellectual. I think I would say. All right, so the beginning is iconic, but iconic. let's get into the, the real meat of this. And, and you like to be the the play by play, so I'm gonna let you quarterback this. Okay. Um. <clears throat> after everything. Basically, what happens is we come across Indy. He's at the school. He's at. He's a professor at a college. Some government people come to him. They decide they want to hire him to find a specific artifact. <clears throat> what is said artifact, Scott? The Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant. Why? Because the Nazis are looking for it, too. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, for you non-Christians out there, I'm looking at you, Adam. I know it, what it is. It is apparently the chest, I suppose. The uh, the, the Ten yeah. Commandments were placed in after they were broken by Moses himself. And it's believed to have a supernatural power right. behind it. So it's an artifact in, in Christian mythos, right. I guess. Well, Indiana Jones, being the intellectual that he is, has read all the books about archaeology. He knows... Where the legends say the Ark is, he knows that Belloc is working with the Nazis, he knows where they're looking for the Ark, but he knows that what is required to find the Ark is a specific artifact that has to do with this particular city they're in. Now, in history, this this is fairly accurate, that Hitler was very into the occult. Oh yeah, he was. And very into these, like, he legitimately did send people out to find these items these artifacts yeah yeah he did so dude, that's not fair fetch far-fetched at all so no um he knows this one particular medallion that he has to find that will show him where the ark is and it is with a past associate of his and this is when we're introduced to marion marion the, the, now, how, the long even... lost love you yes. could say she is my kind of woman, Scott. You like her, huh? She is my kind of woman. She can drink you under the table. She's sexy. She's cool. She's hot. She's beautiful. She's just a badass through and through. She's not one of those damsel in distress kind of women where it's like she's just going to be screaming the whole time. You know, she's a thinker. She's a thinker. Karen Allen plays her and she is. Just, just does a great job. <coughs> Mary, Absolutely. Marion Ravenwood is a fox. And not just not just her appearance. Just her, her round of her ways. Yes. Like, oh. Like, the yeah, I first, can't say enough good things. The first scene that you see her in, she owns this bar in Nepal. And she is in a drinking contest with this one guy who lives up there or whatever. And they're Looks doing like a shots. giant Sherpa. Yeah, like. they're doing shots of like bourbon or whiskey or something like that. Some manly drink. And she drinks this guy under the table and wins all the bettings. <clears throat> That is the first scene. Of course, Indiana Jones, he visits her. You know, they have this reunited thing where you could tell they have history together. She's pretty hostile toward him at she first. She is, absolutely, because she was a young teen. She was a young, young woman when she first met Indy, and his suaveness, you know, drew her away from home, and she expected there was going to be love, and they were going to stay together forever. But being Indiana Jones, he ended up leaving her for an adventurer's life, essentially. So she's pretty hostile. So he offers $5,000. <clears> I think it's actually $3,000 plus 5000 for this medallion that her father had. Now, he leaves. 
she has a medallion. In comes the creepiest villain ever, I think. The Nazi. The Nazi, the Nazi stooge. Ronald Lacey playing the Nazi Major Arnold Tot. Who? Major Arnold Tot. He is the creepy, sweaty Nazi that does all the torturing and the interrogation for this sect of Nazis that are working with this archaeologist trying to find the Ark of the Covenant. And he's looking for the same medallion. Indiana Jones doesn't have any, any of that. Okay, so we're introduced to this fight scene, this gunfight, this uh, fight scene in this bar between Indiana Jones and this particular group of Nazis. Well, I, two Nazis and some hired goons, you could say. Mercenaries. <clears throat> Basically, yeah. Suffice to say, at the end of it, uh, the goons are killed. Tot escapes, not before being burned by half of the medallion, <coughs> which is really important for later on. Um, but throughout this, uh, throughout this sequence of fighting, we're introduced to the way that Marion really is in life. She is a fighter. She is a badass chick that knows how to take care of herself to a certain extent. <coughs> and her bars burned down. She's got the medallion, and she decides to join Indiana Jones on her uh, on his quest so she could get paid. Sister got to get paid. Yeah. So, so they head they head to the desert now. They, <coughs> yes, they, they head, head to they the, head to the Middle East the Middle somewhere. East. I'm I'm not sure where uh, Tunisia. It's, it's it's somewhere in the middle. I mean, it's, it, it doesn't matter. It's right? all the same. Yeah. <coughs> so, Egypt, Egypt, Egypt. They're yes. in Egypt. Um. <coughs> and through a series of events. They come across the Nazi digging site where they believe the map room is, which will show them where the Ark of the Covenant is. Um, now, the reason why I said that the Nazi that burned his hand on the side of the medallion is important is because a medallion is what shows them where the Ark of the Covenant is uh, buried in the city. The problem is there are two sides of the medallion and they both provide important information. So... The Nazis are basically digging in the wrong spot. And because Indiana Jones has both sides of the medallion, he figures out that they're digging in the wrong spot, and he knows the right spot to dig. So fast forward, we come across Indiana Jones in the map room. He finds the exact area where he needs to dig, and they dig. Now, when they open the chamber, Scott, what is the first thing that Indy sees? snakes snakes why did it have to be snakes his only fear in the entire world his only fear one of the scenes i absolutely loved was when they were in cairo and there's a scene where there's a whole bunch of hooligans that <clears throat> that try to capture indiana jones and right. marion and um eventually succeed in getting marion but um <laughs> It's it's a long, drawn-out, fun fight scene, but uh, there's this one part that really sticks out with me. This giant behemoth of a man with a huge sword comes up to Indiana Jones, and he's, like, swinging it back and forth, yelling, like, ready to fight him. He's a, he's a master swordsman, man. He's whipping that thing around like it's nothing. Indiana Jones gives him a look, grabs his pistol off of his hip, and shoots the guy dead right there. The scene is so funny because you can see the look on Indy's face. He he has this look like 
I've been through enough today. I'm not dealing with this bullshit. I'm not going to whip this guy's sword out of his hand. I'm just going to shoot him. I don't even care. Now, that scene was actually supposed to be a big, elaborate fight scene between the two of them. But, fun fact, Harrison Ford was sick on the day of shooting that scene. He wasn't the only one that was sick. No, almost the whole crew was. They got food poisoning by some of the food that was catered on set while the food, while the film was being made. And he was violently, violently ill that they did a couple takes of the fight scene and he just was not coming out right because he was, he was not himself. So actually Harrison Ford said, why would not I just shoot the fucker? And um, <laughs> Spielberg, I believe it was Spielberg who said, Hey, let's, let's try that. Let's do it. And they did it. And it's an iconic scene. It is an iconic scene. It's probably one of the most well-known scenes in any, any Indiana Jones movie. So, <clears throat> so back to what we were talking about before, when, when they find, they find where the the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark is, of the Covenant being is being kept, and it is just completely covered in snakes. Where yes, he it's says in this, it's in this tomb, underground tomb, where there's just snakes everywhere, and they have to find it. Egyptian asps, <coughs> very dangerous. <laughs> um, now fast forward through the scene, not to draw it out. They find the Ark. They pull the Ark out. What do we see? The Nazis at the top of the tomb, and they steal the Ark from Indiana Jones. They see who it. steals it. Belloc. Belloc. Once again, Doctor Jones. There is nothing you can possess that I cannot take. And what happens is the Nazis steal the Ark, and they trap Marion and Indiana Jones in the tomb with the snakes. Mm. Now they have to do some elaborate adventurer stuff in order to figure out how to get out of said tomb and needless to say they do of course it's it's a classic uh classic adventure movie where the villain doesn't watch the demise of the hero just of course not. covers it up and walks away and just assumes they all die like yeah every movie ever has always done that so yeah. he expects marion and indiana jones to be killed by these snakes or die in this pit with no food or water but of course, like any good hero, they find an alternative way to free themselves. Now, I'm going to fast forward a little bit to some, basically, Indiana Jones, they find a way out, they get the Ark back, and uh, they get it aboard a ship where they're going to take it back. Well, right. the Nazis, they're resourceful. They have a submarine. They find the ship. They board the ship, and... They take hold of Marion and the Ark, and they bring them aboard the submarine to take them away. Indiana Jones is hiding at this point. This is the part where I'm going to call bullshit on a little bit of stuff. I think I might know what you're going to say. How? All right. After Marion and the Ark are boarded on the submarine, Indiana Jones swims over to the submarine, and he boards the submarine. But at that point, the submarine is closed, so he has to be on top of the submarine. It is a submarine. There's no way in hell <clears throat> they stayed above water through their entire voyage to said island where they wanted to open the ark. What the fuck did Indiana Jones do on top of the submarine? He could not have hold his breath the entire time. This is the part of the story where I'm like, all right, what the fuck now? I love the movie, but what the fuck? Well, I think <laughs> what the, they did stay up. 
I don't believe it. Submarines don't it's have just, to go underwater. They don't have to, but I, there's no way they stayed in Maybe he found a way in. Maybe he was able to get the hatch open. and. Have you ever seen any footage from inside a submarine? Every hall and every room is about either one person length or like two to three person length for the rooms. <clears throat> How is he hiding in a submarine? That's That's my question. See, that's not the part that I thought you were going to call bullshit on. What were you going to call? When the Nazis boarded the ship and the captain, they they took the crew hostage and they questioned the captain. They got married and Indiana Jones was hiding at this point. The Nazis go up to the captain and they say, where is he? And he says, I killed him. And they go, okay, let's go. (laughs) Like, you're just going to believe this dude? You just... Well, they're Nazis, okay, and these are black men, so they obviously assume, <laughs> they were they black obviously men. assume the worst of them. That's true. Okay, I'm reading. Well, they're Negroes, so they must have murdered him. <laughs> I'm going to read something that will hopefully answer my question about the whole breathing scene. It says, "Fans of the film have been wondering for a long time just how Indy managed to swim from the steamer to the ship, or the steamer ship to the Nazi submarine, and then survive the trip all the way to the secret island where the ceremony of the Ark takes place." The short answer is that he can hold his breath for a very, very long time. But a deleted scene from the film gives a better, if not implausible, answer. The scene shows Indy clutching the periscope of the Nazi sub that is conveniently above the water for the entire trip to the (laughs) secret island, which, which explains how he managed to not drown. Spielberg thought the scene looked cheesy and scrapped it, hoping the audiences wouldn't question the unresolved logistics, considering the fantastical elements that would happen in the film's climax. Here's what I think they should have done, and we've seen him do this on a number of occasions. I don't know, pound on the hatch. Have some, <coughs> have some lowly Nazi soldier open the patch and just get punched. Give him a punch. Take his uniform, which we see him do. Yes, we see him which do we that. We see him do that. Take his uniform <clears throat> and then go into the submarine. And nobody question you. You're wearing a Nazi uniform. You must belong here. After the scene where he swims over to the submarine and he holds onto the periscope apparently all the way through, that's what he does. When they go to right. the hangar, he steals a Nazi uniform he does. and he hides out amongst the group. Until they get to the canyon where he steals a rocket launcher, a missile launcher. A bazooka. A bazooka. And what does he do? He threatens to blow up the Ark if they don't give him Marion back. Right. He's a a honorable man. He doesn't care about the Ark anymore. He's like, give me the girl back and you can go. But what does Belloc do, Scott? Calls his bluff. He calls his bluff and he says, you're not going to blow up the Ark because you want to know what happens just as much as I do. So he surrenders and they take him prisoner. Now, here comes the end of the climax, the most fantastical, mystical scene in the entire movie, the opening of the covenant. The opening of the ark. We see Indiana Jones and Marion tied up to a pole. Mm-hmm. We see Belloc, who has donned some bullshit mystical garb for whatever reason. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an entire ceremony for yeah. them. So. And they open the ark. And what is in the ark, Scott? Like face melting demons. No, I was gonna say sand. There's like sand. In there. Oh yes. And they're like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, how is this shit happening?" And what and what ends up happening is the face melting demons. The face melting demons come. They start out as like spirits. 
They're like lowly spirits. And at this point, Indy looks at Marion and says, close your eyes. Don't look at it. How does he know that? Yeah, I don't know. Be- I, I'm going to be honest you, I don't fucking know how he knows it. I imagine because he's studied it and learned that from, from, his, from being an expert. <laughs> here's but thing. shouldn't Belloc know the same thing? Well, what? <laughs> this is interesting because I was watching it with my sister and she told me that she had heard there was a deleted scene where Indiana Jones had talked to another doctor, another expert on the Ark of the Covenant, and had he had told Indiana Jones about the fact that there might be like false arcs out there that were evil or that could cause death or some shit like that. So he had suspected that it was not the real Ark when they opened it, oh. and it was just sand. Like my sister had told me that she had heard about those at least. I never that's, saw them. That's a good theory. But <clears throat> that's that's a possible solution. So. But what ends up happening is Indy and Marion, being pure of heart, they don't look at what's going on. But the Nazis and Belloc, they get completely obliterated, disintegrated, melted. What a great, what, what a great scene! What great I, special effects! I, I think they hold up almost to this day, to be honest with you. Their faces melt off, their heads explode. You can tell they're old, but to a certain extent, they hold they hold up to this day. They do. Lucas and Spielberg had to fight because of that scene and that scene alone. Really? They wanted to make it an R rating or take the scene out. And they declined and said, no, come on. They were able to change slightly some things and still keep it the way it was and have a PG-13 rating. So, I like how it had a PG-13 rating and some one person's head exploded. The other Nazi had their skin and muscle and flesh melt off their face and fake blood come down and that made a pg-13 rating so there weren't any boobs so there you go apparently but basically the nazis rightfully die the nazis rightfully die horrible horrible deaths and indy and marion survive the journey so i've heard different theories on reddit and on different television shows Adam, you might be able to add your two cents on this, that uh, Indiana Jones himself was unnecessary for this to occur. I mean, I've heard the same thing. The Nazis would have opened the Ark anyway and all had their faces melt and their heads explode anyway without Dr. Jones being there. So I like to think of Indiana Jones as our eyes through this adventure. He may have been an unnecessary character, but he was our eyes through this adventure and the folly of the Nazis. That's what I, That's kind of what I like to think of it as. Yes, he was unnecessary. Yes, ha, no matter what, had the Nazis got everything right and found this Ark, they would have died. But he was our eyes, right? If we, if we had gone through the eyes of the Nazis, mm-hmm. I don't think it would have meant as much. So Think about it like this. So, no Indiana Jones there, but the Nazis still have the Ark. They go to the secret island. They do the ceremony. They all die. But the Ark just sits there. Yeah. And magically, the lid closed after it was all done. Nobody yeah. closed. Shut. So, the Ark is now sitting on this island with all these dead, melted Nazis. Eventually, the Nazis are going to come back to their secret island and walk over there and say, Oh, all these dead Nazis. It must have been that crazy box. But we're still going to take it, and now we're going to know not to open it or it will kill us. We're going to study it and figure out how to harness this power, give it to our Grand Fuhrer, and they have the, a weapon now. 
So they because Dr. Jones was there, he's the only one that lived, he was able to take it. Well, first of all, there were no dead bodies left over because they all got sucked into the Ark. So they would have just found basically an abandoned camp. But I don't know if they would have been able to But it was film. Kind of... They had film. The they had cameras fil- they there. They had film, yes, but the film, the, all that shit exploded. Remember, all the electronics exploded, the lights, everything. Everything exploded. They didn't have the cloud then in no, 1940? The cl- they had clouds. They, they, they didn't, didn't have, have the cloud, cloud in 1940. Skynet okay. wasn't there at the time. Okay. So, But maybe they would have taken it. Maybe they would have studied it. Maybe they would have tried to harness it. I don't believe that anybody can harness that kind of power. Nazis, Americans, anybody. That kind of power, I think that arc exists solely, solely for death. Nothing else. <laughs> I don't think it's a weapon that can be used. I don't think it's a weapon that can be pointed at a particular people or anything like that. I believe that it is just solely death and nobody should open it ever. Now we fast forward to the classic ending of Indiana Jones where he's back at the school. There are the government agents that are telling them that we have the Ark of the Covenant and it's safe. And, it, you know, it, it's in the right hands. <clears throat> of course, Indiana Jones and the guy in charge of the museum is arguing with them. Like, the Ark belongs in our hands. We need to study it. You know, we need to we need to see what's going on. We need to put on display. <clears throat> and what is the classic line that the cigar-smoking so- man says to them? It is being studied by top, top men. men. <laughs> yes, top men. Who? Top men. men. And then we see the Ark being placed in this crate, nailed shut, stamped, and being placed in this warehouse. Oh, the warehouse scene. filled up warehouse with all kinds of other stuff. Now that old man that is pushing that crate, he's seen some shit. Let's be honest. He's that seen. old man has seen some shit. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, I was, think- I was thinking about the end, and I was like, never mind the story about Indiana Jones. I want to know that guy's story. That's a great idea. <laughs> like, I want to see his perspective. Like, all the shit he's seen. Like, seriously. <clears throat> My mother gave me a great theory. She had showed up. She came home from work while I was in the middle of watching the movie. And she had given me a great theory about that movie. Or about the ending of the movie. And she had said, what if the end of that movie, uh, that warehouse was the warehouse from that TV show warehouse. You know, that sci-fi TV show? Warehouse 13? Yeah, that Warehouse 13. What if that was like that? That No, that's what the show's based off of. Is it really? Yes. that's what the, it, They don't <laughs> say that because for copyright purposes, right. you know. But the idea of the show Warehouse 13 is that it is the same warehouse of Indiana Jones lore. Hot I mean, shit. they just, yes, that's... My my mother literally came over and was like, "What if that's it? Like that'd be fucking amazing." And I was like, "Maybe, yeah, that'd be really because cool. of copyright shit. They couldn't right, come yeah. right out and say it, but that's what the idea is based off." Of. Dude, I'm pumped now. I'm pumped now. I got that right. Yeah, tell her that she had that. Yeah, I. Yeah, that show was that show was hit and miss. It was okay. It was all right. Some episodes would be good because each episode stood on its own. There was yeah, like a yeah. different thing. Um. Some episodes were good, some episodes were lousy. It only ran for a few seasons, but yeah, uh, it was all right. Yeah, it's. It, but that, that is the end. We're revisited now. Get get ahead of ourselves because we'll go talk about your one of your favorite films, The Crystal Skulls. The no, fourth. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, the Last f- Crusade. 
No, I'm kidding. I know, I know. The fourth installment of the Indiana Jones saga, they revisit this warehouse. Yeah, and it they turns do. out to be Area 51, which is kind of a cop it's out. Dumb. It's but, dumb. Uh, it's stupid. And it's stupid. And you know what? I, I really hate the scene at the warehouse whenever they are. Indy's doing his big escape scene, and one of the crates breaks, and you see it's the Ark of the Covenant, and they never revisit it ever. So at that point, I'm like, all right, this is a wasted bullshit scene then. They were paying homage to Raiders. Paying homage bullshit scene, though. So Kind of a bullshit movie. Kind of a bullshit movie. But Brandon loves it, though. Brandon does, and I mean, he's allowed to. This he's is allowed America. to, yes. It's, this is America, but he's in the listen, minority. It exists in the Indiana Jones franchise. We can't deny that it exists, even if we don't like it. So Indiana Jones 5 is coming out. With, I'm looking forward to it. With Harrison Ford reprising his role <coughs> as Indiana Jones. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I trust Disney to do a, a better job. than They did Star Wars pretty well, and Rogue One looks really good. So I, I kind of look forward to see what they're going to do with Indiana Jones. I got to be honest, though. I'm more excited for the second film that Disney's going to do. They're going to do Indiana Jones 5, which is takes place right after it with Harrison Ford and everything. They are going to then do a prequel film with, uh, we've talked about this. Yeah. Chris Pratt, Bradley Cooper were both in the running for possibly playing a younger Indiana Jones, a film that will take place before Temple of Doom. Because, yeah. as you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark was the first film released. The second film released was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which chronologically actually takes place before Raiders of the Lost Ark, even though it was released afterwards. That's a very curious choice, by the way. So this... the they're Like I said, they're doing Indiana Jones 5. It's going to be right in order. But then the next film, I don't know if they're going to call it Indiana Jones 6 or whatever, it will be back in front and be the oldest movie we see of them. So I got a feeling only the fans are really going to understand what's going on. Everybody else is a casual watcher or is going to be like, what the fuck? Well, they're doing the same thing with rogue one. I mean, they're jumping all around. Once again, like I feel like, (laughs) I feel like if you, if you're a fan of star Wars, you're going to be like rogue one. Is this a next star Wars movie? If you're not a big fan. So (laughs) I had to explain it to Chris. I'm, I'm a, I, I love it. I love the idea. We saw the new trailer for Rogue One, and she's like, because we went and saw The Force Awakens in the theater. She came yeah. with me. She loved it. And she saw the trailer for Rogue One. She goes, well, where's Ray? Where's Finn? Where's what? I'm like, I had to explain it to her and say, yeah, this one, yeah. you had to go back. And, and once I did, she was like, oh, okay, makes sense. Yeah. But the yeah, she's the average Star Wars fan. Not the Star Wars super fans like us. They might not know that. Yeah. But that is a review of Indiana Jones. Scott, if you had to rate this movie one out of five. You know what I'm going to say. Adam. I know what you're going to say. It's you a perfect five, right? It is It is a five in my book, <laughs> hands down. It is my number one, number one, numero uno, favorite film of all time. It's the perfect film. It's a classic. Introduce it to your children. It, it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better than this. It doesn't. And um, I'm going to give it a perfect five, Adam. What about you? I'm going to give it a 4.5. Okay. Almost I'm going to give it a 4.5. I have, I'm going to be honest with you, in my life, I have yet to find the perfect five film. <laughs> yet to find it. 
All right. I'm I'm a holdout like you are with your beer. I'm a holdout for the perfect movie. And I may be holding out for the rest of my life, but I'm a holdout to find the perfect movie that I think is the best movie of all time. So is a 4.5 still highly recommended. Well, that's great. I really enjoyed doing this. Yes. I'm glad we finally got it out of the way. Okay, so if you would like to get a hold of For Your Distraction, if you want to just tell us how we're doing, send us anything. If you have an idea for a movie that you would like us to do on Throwback Cinema, there's different ways you guys can let us know. You can send us an email to foryourdistraction at gmail.com. You can also find us on any of our social networking avenues. We are on Facebook. You can search for For Your Distraction on Facebook. Like us on there. We are on Twitter. Again, search for For Your Distraction. Follow us there. Um, if you're on Twitter, you can also search for The Pottern Family. That is our social me- network podcasting networking type deal we're doing. So definitely follow The Pottern Family and For Your Distraction on Twitter. Um, you can listen to the show on SoundCloud. Create a SoundCloud account. Follow us on there. Uh, for Apple listeners, we are on iTunes. So go to iTunes. Subscribe to us on there. Give us rating. Write a little review. That would be great. Um, we're also on Periscope. <coughs> Search for For Your Distraction on Periscope. Follow us on there. Um, we really need people to send us some music. If you guys know anybody who makes music, has music, we want to use music in our podcast that is consistent of music we're allowed to use. We don't want to get sued. We don't want to piss anybody off. We want to do this the right way. So if if you're a band out in the world. And a you, band, a singer, and anything. Like, and you're like, use my music. Let the people know we're out there. Let us if, know. We'll if you're some, it. Yeah, if you're somebody who wants to get discovered, we can introduce you to our thousands upon thousands of listeners for your distraction. <laughs> right. It's a good way to get to get noticed out there. So anybody has anything music-wise, shoot it to us. What do you think, Adam? I think this was a great story. A decent podcast, but a great story. If you have never watched Indiana Jones, what are you doing with your life? Seriously, go watch any Indiana Jones film for the first time, except for Crystal Skull. Let that be like one of your later watches. Watch it. Still watch, watch it, yes, it. but don't let it be your first watch. First impression. Raiders or... Last Crusade, give them give them a go for the first time. Scott, mm-hmm. yes, sir. You have anything else to take us out on? No, thank you, thank you for letting me do this. My favorite movie, it Adam. Do you know? Do you have any ideas? You get to pick the next throwback cinema. I got I got a few things rolling around the old headpiece. You don't want to announce I, anything yet, or <clears throat> I kind of want to pick something that you wouldn't expect me to pick, or the listeners, because we've done our top ten movies, uh-huh. and so far a lot of the movies we picked are like movies that some of the listeners would expect us to pick. I kind of want to find something that's different enough that you'd be like, oh, that's interesting. So I'm let me I'm gonna I'm gonna 
rattle that in my head a little bit, and then I'll get back to you guys and the listeners and let you know what I decide. Fair enough. All right. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Scott. I'm Adam. See you next time, and until then... It's not the years, honey. It's the mileage. Thank you.